You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. Om Ajnana Trinandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilatam Jaina Tasmai Shri Guve Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Dienubutale Svayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadandikam Vanchakalpa Trubyascha Kripasin Dubya Evacha Patitanam Pavane Bio Vaishnave Bio Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gora Bhaktavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna Maharaj. <clears throat> we're rolling into a new Radio Mayapur podcast, and today we're very pleased to have with us Sri Krishna Chaitanya Swami. Originally from the United States many years ago, he's been in the Hare Krishna movement for 31 years. He's a classical trained singer and has a great college degree in music post-production and working in a studio. And he has a studio here in India, along with Lokanath Maharaj in Pandapur, India. And today in the studio, we're going to ask him some questions about being a Hare Krishna devotee and about his ministry. He is the GBC minister for Kirtan, which is very suiting for Maharaj to be that GBC minister. And he's also the minister of Padayatra. And fortunately, he likes to walk. So between these two things, we're very pleased to have you here today, Maharaj. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm grateful to be here. Why don't we start out a little bit and have you tell us um, how you became a Hare Krishna devotee and why did you want to be a Hare Krishna devotee? Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a wonderful question because it reminds me of my early days and Krishna's mercy in allowing me to become uh, on this path of becoming a devotee of Krishna. People say, when did you become a devotee? But I feel I'm s- still in the process My aunt uh, was a very spiritually minded individual and she actually attended Srila Prabhupada's kirtans in Tompkins Square Park in 1966 when she was a college student in NYU. At that time, I was only one year old. I was born in New York in 1965, the same year that Srila Prabhupada came to New York. Haribol. So my aunt, she went to India, and she brought back some water from the Holy Ganges. And the whole family gathered together to welcome her back to America. And she brought gifts for all of us. And one of those gifts that she gave me was a small bottle of 
holy water from the Ganges. And I remember as a little kid, maybe four or five years old, trying to open up this bottle of Ganges water, and I think I ended up pouring it over my head. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of an introduction towards Krishna consciousness as the holy Ganges is emanating from the lotus toes of Lord Vishnu through the covering of the universe. So that was kind of my introduction to Krishna consciousness. I got a bath in the holy Ganges water when I was a small child. It seems Krishna had some plans for me. Later, I was 12 years old. We had moved to Westchester County, New York, and I was a student at the Westchester Music and Arts Camp in the summer. At the age of 12, we performed the Broadway musical Hair. And in Hair, the song, the Hare Krishna song is there. Yeah, exactly. I was the guitar player. And I remember the musical director turning to us, the, all the musicians, and in the pit orchestra. And he said, we need someone to sing this next song, this Hare Krishna song. You, guitar player, can you sing? And I said, yes, I can sing. And he said, okay, you sing the Hare Krishna song. So I said, okay. So I had the sheet music in front of me. I started strumming my guitar. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So that was my introduction to Hare Krishna. You you reached a certain point in your teen years where you, you had college and you had expert um, recording studio training from a prestigious university who That's specializes. True. Yes. And you had to make a decision at some point in your life that I, I'm going to do this Hare Krishna thing. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to work in a recording studio in New York City where I grew up. I'm going to do something different. And why did you make that decision? Do you remember? Because many devotees... I can't remember myself when the door actually opened or why I went through the door. I, I, I just It just evolved. Can you remember making a decision about going down this path? Well, I remember after I graduated from college, my grandfather, he was so delighted that I graduated from college. He never had imagined that I would do such a thing. He said, I, I want to give you a gift I want to give you a choice. I'll give you seed money to start your own studio and send you to entrepreneur school. Or, take your choice, I'll give you a flight ticket to Europe. So I had a sense of adventure, and I was, after hearing so much rock and roll music growing up and, and the romantic aspects of seeing the world just appealed to me. So I said, I'll take the flight ticket to Europe. And I was on the flight, and I, I traveled around Europe. And on my way to, to uh, Ireland, I received a Srimad Bhagavatam 
part one from a devotee in the airport. And when he gave me the book, I was happy to receive it because I'd already been exposed to chanting Om. Om. Yeah, yeah. I was one of those <laughs> Om guys, you know? So was I. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, I was an Om guy myself. Okay, and I hope I always remain an Om guy at heart <laughs> as well. So he explained to me so nicely from the index of Srimad Bhagavatam how Om is actually the impersonal representation of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And I was like, yes, this makes sense. And he said, would you like to keep the book? And I said, yes. And I said, would you like me to give you a donation? And he said, yes. So I pulled out like a small wad of bills. I was really poor at that point. And I had about $140 to my name, which is really not much to be traveling internationally with. And I pulled out $2 and gave him $2. And he was satisfied with that. And I walked away. And as I walked away, he called me back, wait, wait, you dropped this, you dropped this. And he handed me a $20 bill that I had dropped from my pocket by accident. I was so spaced out. And I was so impressed by the quality of this devotee that he was so honest, which is, which is so rare in this world to find. So that was a turning point in my life because I'd met Hare Krishnas before by this time. While I was in college, I was visiting the temple. And I said, you know, these devotees, I like their food. I like their music. I like their people. Their people are nice, but I don't understand the philosophy. Let me read this book cover to cover and try to understand everything. So reading Srimad Bhagavatam, and especially uh, my flight was late. I had hours to read, and I went through the full biography of Lord Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And reading his Shikshastakam prayers, it was just a turning point in my life. And I had never read anything like them, especially prayer number four. I'd like to share that with you now, if I may. Please do, please. Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kavitam Vajagadisha Kamaye Mama Janmani Janmani Shvare Bhavatad Bhaktir Ahoytuki Twayi Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim O my Lord, I do not want wealth, I do not want beautiful women, I do not want fame. I do not want to go to the heavenly planets, just birth after birth after birth after birth after birth. All I want is your unmotivated devotional service. I said, oh my God, everyone in this world is chasing money, chasing women, chasing fame. As a professional musician, I could, I could really relate to all of these things, going to the heavenly planets. But this person doesn't want any of these things. He only wants unmotivated devotional service, birth after birth. And I said, I should make this a goal in my life to try to understand what is this ahoytaki bhakti, this unmotivated devotional service. So this was a very strong turning point in my life. And then from there, the mysterious ways of Krishna arranging different aspects 
of chance, of fate, of, of destiny, uh, things began lining up, and uh, I was thrust more and more forward on this path. It's mm, a very nice story. Very nice way to come to Krishna consciousness. Well, you've been doing this for 31 years, and there are things in life that give us pleasure, and there's things in life that give us pain, and then there's things in life that we don't even respond to. What, uh, and this is a difficult question because it's, it's not something we often think about, but what gives you the most pleasure from being a devotee? What gives me the most pleasure from being a devotee? What do I enjoy most? Yeah, what do you enjoy most? I like Rathiatras. I like Jagannath Rathiatras. Jagannath Rathiatra. Jagan means the universe, and Nath means a controller. So Jagannath is a name for Krishna, which means the controller of the universe. And Jagannath is a special personality of Krishna because he has a huge, a huge carved wooden form that looks really, really far out, amazing, something like a totem pole. You know, just incredible the way Jagannath looks. And Jagannath has a special a quality, a, a special pastime that he's taken on a car, a huge car, and, and he's pulled by his devotees down the streets of practically every major city in the world. And while he's being pulled, devotees are, are attracted to this festival. This festival attracts hundreds and thousands of people. And they're all engaged in hours and hours and hours of chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And then inevitably, at the end of the festival, there's, a, there's another festival in a park or someplace, and hundreds, if not thousands, if not ten thousands of plates of prashadam, of sanctified vegetarian food, are freely distributed to the masses, and everyone partakes of this fantastic festival. So many of Srila Prabhupada's books are distributed. So many new people get exposed to the Krishna consciousness movement. And it's just a tremendous celebration. The police report that on these days the crime goes down in the locations because everyone is so blissed out. Everyone is so happy. Everyone has everything they could possibly desire, that violence is decreased, all different kinds of crime is decreased, and everyone is just joyful and happy. So that's my favorite thing in, in Krishna consciousness, is I loved Jagannath Rathiatra festivals. Well, I have to tell our listeners that years ago, before Sri Krishna Chaitanya Swami was not a Swami, I was on a Rathiatra float with him in Kolkata. And I was videoing him as he was singing into the microphone on the side of the Rathiatra float. And I have to tell our listeners, I've never seen anyone happier or more in their actual element of life than this devotee singing the praises of the Lord on this Rathiatra cart. I have, I have desired to be that happy ever since then because he was truly, truly in bliss. Over, um, over all these years, you have some best memories. 
There's some events that have taken place. There's some times um, that you've experienced. Um, and and you've walked Europe before. You've traveled Europe with, with uh, different festivals. You've um, preached all over the world by now. And what are some of your best memories that you have? Just give us a couple of them. Yeah, I remember being in Bahrain in the Middle East, this was, I think, pretty recently, around uh, 2016. And for history of the world, uh, this area of the, the Gulf, Gulf community countries, the GCC, these Middle Eastern countries, they were uh, averse to having Krishna consciousness being put forward within their communities publicly, uh, for whatever reasons. And... I was so happy because I was called by the local community of devotees in, in Bahrain, which we call Balaram Desh, in order to, uh, to participate in this festival that the government had invited us to. It was called Bahrain for All. And the government was making a, a show of being open-hearted, not just a show, they were actually doing it. They were being open-hearted, and they were inviting people from all different ethnicities and different spiritual groups and, and different cultures to present their culture. So they said, okay, on this day, this one day, you get your chance. You can come and you can do whatever you want. You can chant Hare Krishna in public. So I was in, in ecstasy. Bahrain. In Bahrain. Oh I was in ecstasy. What a great opportunity. This is the first time in history that we had oh, yeah. a legal uh, chant, public chanting of Hare Krishna. So in Bahrain, they, they set up a fantastic stage, outdoor stage. They invited the whole, whole island, thousands and thousands, more than 20,000 people were there. And they had these big high-tech screens on the left stage and the right stage, and we put the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra in, in English on one side and on the other side in Arabic. And, and we all came out on the stage with the, the whole, maybe about 30 or 40 of us, we packed the stage, and we I spoke to the audience and I encouraged them to chant with us this this chant for love and peace. And I said, please repeat after us. And then we chanted the Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And the organizer had told me, we have only uh, 15 minutes to, to chant. So we, I spoke just one or two minutes, and then bang, we went right into Kirtan. So we had Murdanga drum was playing, Dagi Dagi and devotees were chanting, and the cymbals, the cartels were playing. It was wonderful. Devotees were gracefully dancing from one side of the stage to the other side of the stage. And then the, the kirtan built up and built up, and the people in the audience were responding. They had never seen anything like it before. The ladies in their borkas and the, and the gents in their, their uh, jalebis and their different outfits. 
and these very distinguished you know personalities from from the whole from the whole island had come for this very prominent festival and i was just bringing the kirtan up to a climax and devotees were starting to even lift off and start to jump on the stage and the people were like wow what's going on and then all of a sudden i was about to end the kirtan and the organizer came up behind me and said the next group's not ready. Go for 20 more minutes. The next group's not ready. Keep going. Keep going. So I was like, yes. <laughs> in, in a 100% Arabic country. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then I jumped off the stage and started going with some devotees through the audience and, and grabbing some members of the audience from all different communities. And we're all dancing together and chanting together. And uh, it was just such a, a heart-fulfilling uh, uh, activity. It was just a great, 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 great event. Then we came back on the stage. People were jumping up and down. And we finished the kirtan. And then... Uh, the, the organizer came out and he, he thanked us and he told the people where our booths are, where our books were available. Mm -hmm. And uh, no one else on the stage, no one, there are many groups performed, but we were the only group where the announcer told everyone where our particular booth was and where they could get our prashadam and where they could get our books. And so it was very ecstatic. Then afterwards, he, he said he really appreciated and he said, uh, you, you guys, you guys broke the stage. You know, we were jumping up so much. And then I was escorted to the official government tent. And I was asked to sign the book and give a, a message for Prince, His, His Highness, Prince Khalif. So it was, it was, we were honored and we had the opportunity to share uh, Krishna consciousness in such an, an amazing, amazing, amazing atmosphere. Well, no wonder this is such a popular memory with you because our founder, Acharya, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, this was the essence of propagating Krishna consciousness in a part of the world that is very difficult to operate in. And, you know, he, our founder, Acharya Prabhupada, went to Russia and made devotees in Russia during the height of the Cold War and the height of communism. And um, this action, this memory of yours in a in a Muslim country, is um, uh, is the essence of what Lord Chaitanya actually wanted to see happen. So that's a that's a wonderful wonderful memory. You know, I'd I'd like to move on to a couple other things that um, are are more personal about yourself and um, um, uh, the the process of 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 surrendering your life to the service of Sri Krishna. And becoming a full-time devotee for many decades is 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 often fraught with personal struggles, not only health struggles but uh, psychological struggles, um, and that is the same the same personal struggle that you go through through any course of life you take. There's ups and downs. You've received obviously some uh, support from different devotees in your process of being here for 31 years. Can you tell us, you know, what kind of support you've gotten? And, and yes, we know that everybody has some ups and downs, but w w what have you been able to overcome uh, as far as doubts and personal struggles over the years? And how did you get that help? 
So, so thank you for the question. If I understand your question properly, you're asking that, what is the support that I've received uh, to help me overcome difficult times in my Krishna consciousness? And what yes. are some personal struggles that I've that I've had to yes. uh, approach? So, I experienced uh, of a very deep physical struggle with my health at one point, and it actually led me to one of the most wonderful and ecstatic experiences of my life that helped me increase my faith in Krishna consciousness uh, unlimitedly to, to the nth degree uh, because of the wonderful support that I received. It was 1996. I was in Chandigarh, which is in northern India. We were traveling all over India with a 250 devotee team doing the Hare Krishna Utsav, a traveling festival to celebrate Srila Prabhupada's 100th birth anniversary, his centennial. I was called to uh, do some programs in Maharashtra at that time to leave that festival and do some uh, other outreach events in a small, small village, actually, in Maharashtra. So I was on my way, and traveling from Chandigarh, I got bit by this huge mosquito in Chandigarh. And I was thinking, you know, I haven't been bitten by any mosquitoes here, but this one is really a big size one. This is a huge one. And when I was in the train coming down to Maharashtra, I started experiencing symptoms of fever and <clears throat> symptoms of chills. And I'd never experienced anything like it. And I arrived in, in Pune, in Maharashtra, around uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was thinking, well, Mangal Arctic is at 4 o'clock in the morning. Might as well just stay awake. So I stayed awake through Mangal Arctic. And then I stayed awake and I gave the class. And then when I went to sleep after the class, uh, devotees were having a difficult time waking me up for lunch. And I was more and more feverish. And I was getting chills, and they said they had a, a doctor had come to give a Sunday feast lecture from Bombay, and he did the diagnosis, and he said, you have malaria. Malaria? What's malaria? Oh, no. So then he had arranged the medicine, chloroquine. And chloroquine, he said, if you don't take it on a full stomach, you'll be completely nauseous. So he, but you don't have any appetite when you have malaria. So he called and he told the devotees, bring dry fruit, bring ladus, bring fruit, bring prashadam. And he personally sat with me and he was like, eat this, now eat that, now eat this. And then he started personally putting food in my mouth so that I would eat properly so I could take the chloroquine. So I took the chloroquine, but still two or three days later, I still had malaria. And they said, oh no, maybe you have special malaria. Maybe you have brain malaria. I said, oh no, brain malaria? What's that? They said, very dangerous. We have to take you to the hospital. So they took me to the hospital, public ward in Pune, about 60 people in the room. They signed me in. 
And I'm like, what am I going to do here? And they said, you have to stay here for three or four days while we check you out. And I said, oh, no. And then one of the devotees named Rohini Sutta Prabhu, who I never met before in my life, he said, don't worry, I'll sleep on the floor here next to your bed all night and keep you company. So that really blew my mind. This is something that not even my mother would probably do for me. This is Krishna consciousness. And this is Krishna consciousness. Oh, yeah. This is someone making a sacrifice, a personal sacrifice, for someone they never even met just because they were making an endeavor to become Krishna conscious and serve the mission of Srila Prabhupada. So this was really just an amazing experience. And now I have a lifelong bond connection with this devotee. It's so powerful. Oh, yeah. And then I was allowed to come back to the temple after a few days. And at that time, Iskand Pune was just a four-room hole in the wall. It was just a tiny little center. And the brahmacharis, they vacated one of the rooms and they say, here, this room is for you, for your recovery. And they let me stay in that room for two weeks while I recovered. And one congregational family, they cooked special non-spicy, non-oily prasadam for me. And when they put me on the bus to my next assignment, they, they gifted me a homemade carrot cake and just said, we wishing you all the best. Please come back and visit, visit us soon. So this just melted my heart. Oh, that is a wonderful, wonderful memory to have as a devotee. <clears throat> you know, um, this was when you were brahmachari. Yes, yes. And um, eventually you transitioned from brahmachari to sannyas. Yes. And becoming sannyas does just not fall out of the sky. It's an intentional thing that has to happen. Uh, people can put you up for sannyas, but you have to commit to it. And the commitment is, is a, a very enormous commitment for any man to make in life. Why was it important for you to transition from brahmachari to sannyas? The reason that it was important for me to transition from brahmachari to sannyas was because of the principle of pleasing the spiritual master pleases Krishna. This is mentioned by Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his Sri Sri Guru Vastakam prayers. Yasyat prasada. Bhagavat Prasado Yasya Prasadan Nagatith Kutopi Dayam Stuvams Tasya Yasyastri Sandhyan Vande Guru Shri that by pleasing the spiritual master, then Krishna is pleased. And when Krishna is pleased, one's life becomes perfect. So to transition from brahmachari to sannyas, this was the desire of my spiritual master. He gave me the instruction, now it's time for you to move forward and take up this sannyas ashram and expand your preaching activities, expand your outreaching activities. Sannyas is more opportunity 
to reach out and distribute this great gift, this matchless gift that we've all received. Well, as a sannyas, um, uh, uh, as a Swami in ISKCON, and you're the minister for Kirtan and the minister for the GBC for Rathiatra. Um, Padiatra, Padiatra. Padiatra, I'm sorry. Um, if you were to tell our listeners what your core expertise as a sannyasi is, or a core, your core expertise as a devotee, besides being able to get large crowds of people to stand on their feet, jump up and down, and chant the Maha Mantra, which is very much one of your core expertises, but what, what do you do well as a devotee? What, what is something that, um, call this your job interview with Nityananda Ram, and I'm asking you, what do you do well? What, what is the thing that you do really well? Well, it's hard to say because we always try to take a humble position and say, I, I don't do anything well, but by Guru Maharaj's mercy, by Krishna's grace, uh, we've received some gifts and some opportunities and some abilities to use in the Lord's service. Uh, one of them is I have a capacity to write, I can uh, draft legislation, I can organize, I can work with a team, I can lead a team, I can structure, I can communicate, which is one of the most important things. I have some strong communication skills. I can type, and I can cook. Oh, we're going to get to that part in a little bit. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Kirtan and Padayatra ministries and uh, what are their functions? As, as the head of these two functions, what are their functions? What did they do? So Kirtan ministry, we have our, we have our team, an executive, uh, myself, Jagannath Kirtananda Prabhu from the UK, Dina Anukampa Devidasi from South Africa, we're the executive then we have a branch where we promote Fortunate People Campaign. Fortunate People is a project where we make videos of people chanting and upload them to our website. Now we have more than 250,000 videos uploaded to our website. So this is really unique and special because for the first time in history, just like we're counting book scores, how many books distributed, now we can count the holy name, chanting. How many chants are there? How many videos are there of chanting? And what's this website? It's called fortunatepeople.com. Okay. Fortunate people. And does this fortunatepeople.com website work with the World Holy Name Day or World Holy Name Month? We have a World Holy Name Festival which is, it, used, it started out in 1996 as a World uh, Holy Name Day, and then we adopted it perpetually, we perpetualized it, we, we started doing it every year. And then it became World Holy Name Week. And then the GBC decided that let's just make it World Holy Name Festival. So if someone wants to do one day, they can do one day. If someone wants to do one week, they can do one week. If someone wants to do one month, they can do one month. We're not putting limitations on it. Through It's not time-bound by calling it a festival. And it's 
But we generally, we, we celebrate it from 17th September to 23rd September every year. So 17th September is the day that Srila Prabhupada arrived in the USA. For these two different things, uh, the Fortunate People and the Holy Name Festival, tell us how individuals, um, not temples, but individuals that are listening to this podcast can participate in the fortunatepeople.com website. What can they do there? They can become ambassadors. They can make a profile. They can download the app. We have a Fortunate People app. And they can make a profile with the app and they can invite their friends or go door to door or person to person on the street and grab new people and say, please join us, chant this mantra for love and peace. They can show them a mantra card, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. They can hit stop on the video and boom, hit upload and it goes right up to the zoom, goes right up to the website. So this is a easy way everyone can participate. The best is get big groups of people together and try to get groups of people to chant. Families. Recently, our biggest video so far has been 700 people chanting in one video. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. You're the GBC minister for Kirtan and the GBC minister for um, Padayatra. Can you tell me what the function of each one of these groups is? Sure. Kirtan ministry... We want to fan the flame of inspiration for chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra for Kirtan. And we put on festivals. We have the World Holy Name Festival, which is an annual global festival that we want people from all over the world to participate in. We do some other online programs and festivals during the year. We also want to promote pronunciation in Sanskrit and Bengali, this different educational initiatives. Another one of our educational initiatives is coming up and teaching kirtan standards, how to perform kirtan according to the standards that Srila Prabhupada encouraged. We also have other aspects of education that we want to promote, singing, playing different musical instruments, uh, chanting different Sanskrit verses, philosophy of the holy name, and also offering some kind of certification in these different areas. We also produce some publications. Right now we're working on a book on kirtan standards, and we want to produce a lot of kirtan in recordings. We have a recording studio called Lok Studio that's in our headquarters of Pandurpur Maharashtra, and we're also developing our, our website so that in this way we can promote all of these initiatives, mostly educational. Are, 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 you, <clears throat> are you saying that temples can get certification for kirtan? Did I understand that properly? We're, we're just exploring the different aspects of what can be possible. <clears throat> Recently, I was approached by one devotee who has a, uh, a music teaching program. He teaches harmonium, and he sent me all of his different materials, and it's, it's quite an advanced, uh, developed uh, harmonium teaching technique. And he asked me, can, can you sign our certificates that our, our harmonium teaching program 
is certified by the Iskand Kirtan Ministry. And so this is our uh, prim primary, uh, preliminary exploration of this idea of certification. What is Pariyatra Ministry? We oh, spoke about Kirtan Ministry. Uh, my portfolio is just quite quite wide at this point, so it's, it's hard to uh, focus down. But Pada means walking and Yatra means festival. So Pada Yatra is a walking festival. So we have Padiyatris walking all over the world. Uh, we have a Padiyatra that's walking in India. It's a group of pilgrims, a group of devotees, and they're work, walking around and around the Indian subcontinent. And I think they must have gone around, they're at about 36 continuous years right now of constant walking. I think they've gone around about eight times full India. And when they travel, they distribute Srila Prabhupada's books, and they distribute prasadam, they hold public programs, and they introduce villagers and, and many people all over India about Krishna consciousness. And Padiyatra has been in more than 108 countries now. So Padiyatra is now all over the world. And it's, it's very powerful. I personally walk through Holland, Belgium, France, and Spain. And those were some of the happiest days of my life because very, very carefree, very simple lifestyle, just a bare minimum to keep oneself going, nothing extra, nothing extraneous, super simple, and the whole day is spent absorbed in chanting. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So a ministry means educational, an educational initiative. So we educate people about Padiyatra, we raise awareness, we promote it, and we support it. That's our business as the Padiyatra ministry. Well, we're going to slowly wrap this up. I have a few questions that I didn't send you that are going to catch you by surprise. So... Um, You've learned to cook. You've been a single man your entire life. You're not married. You've been brahmachari, and now you're sannyas. But you've learned to cook. Um, where and how did you learn to cook? I learned to cook even before I was a devotee, <laughs> although I'm still struggling to become a devotee. My, my mother, she would just have us cook, you know, the kids. We'd cook for ourselves. We'd make our own breakfast. And then going to high school, I had the responsibility of cooking for the whole family once a week. So that was that. And then when I went to college, then I had my own little apartment, my own little flat, my own little kitchen. And uh, I, just, I just wasn't uh, surviving very nicely on, uh, on, on macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I, just, I just was losing it on macaroni and cheese, so I had to figure it out. And then I started visiting the Hare Krishna temple and they started giving me some more ideas. Okay, well, here, here's, here's the tough question of the entire interview. Okay. Can you roll around chapati? No, I cannot roll around chapati. Okay, thank you very much for Sometimes being honest with us. Sometimes it'll puff up square. 
All right. Here's another question. And here at Radio Mayapur, we, we try not to do controversial questions. And one of the things we want to steer away from is any serious controversy. But I have one controversial question. Do you still play the trumpet? No, I don't stay, play the trumpet officially. Mm. The sannyas ministry asked me not to do that. Well, I... Uh, I would like to tell our listeners that uh, on Radio Mayapur from time to time, you'll hear Sri Krishna Chaitanya Swami doing a one-minute segment with um, some lovely thoughts uh, coming from our Shastra, our teachings. And uh, that background music you're playing, that jazz trumpet, well, Maharaj may or may not have played that trumpet. <laughs> we're, we're really undecided on that at this point. <laughs> So um, let, me, let me ask you one final question, and we're going to wrap up this podcast. Okay. Um, after you leave your body, yes. it's finished, and somehow you meet Srila Prabhupada, who is greeting devotees whose life has finished, what would you like to hear Prabhupada say to you? Oh, if I get the chance to meet Srila Prabhupada after leaving this body, I would like Srila Prabhupada to stay to say to me that congratulations, you have received a certificate from Lord Krishna that yes, this man has done something for me. Maharaj, I want to thank you very much for being on a Radio Mayapur podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself. It was great. And um, I hope our listeners got a great deal out of this. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Nityananda Ram Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur.